Welcome to Teeth and Tea. My name is Nicole Ortega. My name is Allison Cuevas. And today we're going to be actually just rolling on through, talking about the same topic as we touched on last week about a positive diagnosis in the dental office setting with COVID. What do you do? And like, what are the procedures? And so this happened last week with Allison. And so I'm going to let Allison kind of take the reins here and we're going to just touch base and see what things are looking like for her and how her office has responded to this positive COVID diagnosis. So um, just like we talked about last week, what happened is one of the employees that I work with tested positive for COVID. And was we basically all shut down, got sent home, and we all had to go get tested for COVID. And then it was really alarming because there was no protocols. We didn't know what was going on, what to do. It was just like, okay, go get tested. Once you're negative, you're fine. Well, what happened in between that time is anyone who tests positive, the health department actually calls and follows up and says, hey, where have you been in the last two weeks? And can you give me a list of every individual you've been around? And he said, or the patient or the person said, I was at work and this is where I work. And so what they ended up doing is they called the office. So the office manager picked up and they said, hello, this is the health department. And I just want to let you know that one of your employees has tested positive for COVID. So we're going to actually shut you down for the next two weeks. And so... There was no questions asked. They were just like, you're done. Boom. Boom. So they basically called all the employees and they're like, hey, we're shut down for the next two weeks. Um, So that's that's what it is. And so I was like, okay. And then I had the question of what do we do for, you know, pay? Because we're not going to get paid again for two weeks. So um, I went online and I opened up my EDD account again, like your – for unemployment. Yeah. And I just put on the note that, you know, the health department shut down the office for two weeks. Then we get a call from the office manager saying, Hey, you don't have to apply for EDD. We're just going to pay you, but we want you to like watch, you know, different movies and doctors going to send you a whole list of things um, so that we can all basically like CE courses kind of nice um, so that we can all be on the same link and this way you guys don't have to apply for (laughs) unemployment which I'd already applied for so now I'm like great but your employer has to approve it or deny it so they're like it's fine we'll just deny it on our end okay so you shouldn't receive any payment from there and this way you know we don't want anybody to because it's you know a financial burden for everyone you know it was like okay so now what Um, But then the health department did follow up and said, these are the list of people that he actually said had been in close contact with without a mask. And anyone else just needs to second test seven days from the first test. Okay. That would, that would be um, today. I could test again. So I'm going to do that. And then um, I can return like next Monday. So they aren't going to actually shut us down for two weeks. Originally they did say that. And then it was pretty much a solid week. Oh, because if you had the PPE. Because if, yes, if you had the PPE and you weren't in close, like there's about seven people that sit in the front and they're really, really close. So all those people cannot return. But the back office, we always have all of our shields, our masks on. And so he didn't say that we were in close contact with him as much as the front. And so they said that that would be okay as long as our second test was negative as well. I see. So what did they say about like, or did they say anything about 
patients? Like, do you have to let, or do your office manager, your dentist have to let patients know who came in contact with him? So no patients actually came in contact with him. He doesn't work with the patients. He works in the front. So, um, they did send a notice and text message to all the patients that were scheduled to let them know, Hey, we're going to be closed for the next two weeks. Um, we apologize for the inconvenience. It was, you know, due to COVID, we had to change our guidelines. And I, I actually, I have a picture of, because one of my friends is a patient and I actually messaged her like, Hey, I just want to make sure that you know that our office, I know you had an appointment. Our office is going to be closed. And I don't know what the schedule looks like because I'm not there. So right. I was like, I just wanted to let you know that um, we're going to be closed, but I'll see you when we can reschedule. And it was good because she had said like, oh, okay, yeah, I wanted to make sure that you're okay. And it basically says, as a precaution, we'll be closing for 14 days. If you have an appointment, we will reschedule you. As our screening form says, if you've been exposed to COVID, we ask that you reschedule after 14 days. The same goes vice versa. We are testing ourselves, and so far, everyone at the office is healthy. The safety of our patients and our team is our priority, and we keep you informed. Sorry for the inconvenience. Thank you for your cooperation. So um, it was like, you know, we texted all the patients that. Yeah. And so, so that was really, that was good. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. I mean, obviously, you had to counsel, you had to touch base and counsel and deal with now rescheduling them. And so how is he feeling, your, um, your coworker with COVID? So our, my coworker never had any symptoms okay, at still, all. Like still totally still asymptomatic. Still knows asymptomatic and has gotten retested and is negative. Ooh. So my, my thing is, and we don't know whether it was a false positive, exactly. you know. So, and then anybody he's been in close contact with has all tested negative, which is even more interesting. Well, that's what I feel like it, it can happen, right? Like there's, yeah. you can go both ways. You get false positives, false negatives. And that's really where it's just really hard because the virus that we're dealing with, when you have that kind of testing, it's just not reliable. And then it's like, I don't know. It's really, it's just such a challenging time. And it's so unfortunate because it does happen. But it's just such a bummer because when you get those false positives, it's just, or a false negative. I mean, can you imagine having it and being diagnosed and not having it? Either way, it sucks. So, yeah. I mean, it's a really interesting thing, but I think that, you know, this is a huge learning curve for everyone. So I think that the PPE is super important. And I think that it's important that we talk about like what PPE we use as an RDHAP and also what PPE we use just, you know, as an RDH, like in private practice because you know in the beginning I was getting like when we would wear our masks with our patients before COVID I would take off my mask and no masks all the time throughout the day if you're typing up your notes and everything and now we're required to wear a mask all the time so the only time I ever really take my mask off is to go to the bathroom and in the beginning I was like this is insane I can't even like this is a lot of hours wearing this mask, you know, I was not used to it. So I got, the more I kept going to work, the better I got, the more I was less like, okay, you know, this is a hassle. It was just like, I got to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, now I'm super grateful that I was wearing it at all times because I'm like, I could have totally, you know, I'm sure I was exposed, but you know, because I had to have my mask on and the shield and everything, I was okay. So 
that was good. Um, but I think as an RDHAP, I think that, you know, the, we pretty much wear the same, you know, N95, a level three mask, the shield, my loops, um, a gown, disposable gown, um, and, you know, the gloves and everything yeah, like that. Definitely. So, I even wear like a hair bouffant for sure. That's yes. something I felt like was really interesting to kind of try wearing because it just was, I don't know. It was like where I wear so wear hair down or you can do fun things with it and braids and it's so feminine. And now like wearing that bouffant, it was, that was an adjustment. That was you know, <laughs> a little bit different looking at yourself in the mirror with that, right? That whole get up. And then yes. I do wear some shoe coverings and um, I do change my respirator after every patient, which I know in private practice, the 95 respirators don't get changed. I mean, I don't know for every practice what every practice does because there is so much variation because that's not in black and white. But mm-hmm. um, I do change that with every RDHAP patient too because I just that's feel great. like our patients that we serve, I mean, it goes back on so many different levels, but like we really can do whatever we want to do because we are the practitioner and we are the provider of care. So I love having that autonomy and freedom especially when it comes to PPE, because now we do know that's like everything. That's the only protection that we have. And I really advocate for PPE because I feel that it's not only the only protection that we have, it's like our investment in ourselves and into our health and into our future. And we're really going to see so many new products emerging, which is fantastic and amazing and so needed. But I do think it's also, we have to really, like read those manufacturers um, guide, like how the instructions and how to properly wear them and, and make sure you're not getting, you know, paying top dollar for some knockoff stuff. Because I think also with all this new PPE that is emerging, we're going to see some also really like just crap. Like they're just put it out there. I will say, yeah, I will say that I've noticed that like some of our level threes that we got that were like inexpensive when I got them in private practice, I'm like, these don't feel like our normal level threes. And I know that we're trying to save a dollar and I, but I want to make sure that these are actually level threes. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause that was a huge, huge new thing is that yeah. you know, it's hard to get masks and gloves. So we're seeking out not dental suppliers. We're going to like, you know, these random different yes. pop-ups that have come and, yeah, and you know, some of them are just not that trustworthy. I've also noticed some of these masks really smell. Like, I don't know. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Right? I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, they. there's sometimes when they come and I open a box and I'm like, these smell moldy. Yeah, they just like, smell so bad. And I'm just like, I don't know. They give me a headache. I can't even deal with it now. I'm so grossed out. I'm so perturbed. I don't understand. But it's just, I think, a part of, right, there's a shortage. And everyone's wearing a mask now just to go out of their house. And being a health provider, there's no way that we can provide that type of care. Wearing a mask for eight to ten hours a day, straight, um, and having it smell, you know, it's just yeah. not going to happen. But I'm glad you brought that up too. Every patient, you know, even when we did infection control, they said if you are in a like moist environment, you need to change your mask every 20 minutes. So that means that if we're using the ultrasonic your level three is only good for 20 minutes. Right. So we actually should be changing our masks a lot more, I think. Yeah. And Um, I think that's another good thing because there's no mask safety for the public. I feel like the public just was told wear a mask and there's no safety guidelines. These people don't understand that there's a wear time for the mask. 
cross-contamination, you touch that mask, it degrades it. There's just so many things that I feel like public safety, like we could really educate the public on with mask wearing and the mask safety. And for RDHs and RDHPs, there's so many differences even between just a mask and a respirator. And like, yes, this whole mask, the world of masks and mask safety could be a whole podcast of its own because it's, yeah. it's our life and it's just not just our professional life now, but it's like our entire life. Yeah, absolutely. And I just launched some some new masks for like, you know, fun on my Etsy account, which is like dental inspired. And I love it because I feel like it's bringing awareness even to people of what a hygienist is because I have one that just says RDH. Yeah. People are like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm a dental hygienist. I'm like, oh, how cute. You know? so, yeah. Um, I think it's fun, you know, and, and it's something that we just all have to be used to because I definitely did not think that we were going to be this long in the thick of a pandemic still being affected, but it looks like it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. Well, honestly. I mean, yeah, I mean, with your background, right. I feel like it's a virus, so it's going to yes. mutate. It's not going to just go away. Like you said, it's even been here before, like everyone's heightened awareness mm -hmm. to coronavirus and COVID. COVID's been around like you can google that and you can look into that on your own but yeah. um now everyone just has a tightened awareness and I it's not gonna just go away and I do think there is gonna be some normality about mask wearing and washing hands and I don't know I mean it's not yeah. that I like this type of lifestyle and it's so different than I'm used to and it's not necessarily the world I would like to raise my children in but it's just the reality um like to go anywhere nowadays you can't go you can't even get in without a mask you know mm -hmm. so yeah I feel that it's important um especially with what we do I mean there's just no way we would even do what we do if we didn't have a mask like even before coronavirus and all our additional PPE we always at least wore a mask and that was at least yeah. treatment time yes I did take mine off after procedures and that was because it was standard I mean, that was, mm -hmm. we did that in school. That was how we were educated. That's how we were taught. We weren't taught, okay, yeah. you're wearing a mask from the time you enter clinic till the time you leave clinic or, and then even after, right? So that was the way we were taught. It wasn't, I feel like neglectful at all. It was just the way it was. And now it's hundred percent different. And I am grateful for it because even though we were taught one way and we were educated one way, infection control like we really should have probably been wearing the mask the shield you know and ha and the bouffant like the whole time just because yeah. we have been like i look back at different um like rdh magazine um and, and everything and they've written about infection control and aerosols and all this stuff for so long and it's like oh my god yes. how was i not doing this before like it was in black and white you know and the studies have shown that absolutely and i really wish i could go back but hindsight's always 2020 and um, just kind of just protect myself even more because then I'm thinking, oh my God, I, you know, then I went home and back in the day before I was married and kids and everything, I mean, I have curly hair, so I would straighten it and I'd wear it, you know, to work straight and down. And then I'd, <laughs> yeah. and then I'd go home and I'd sleep and I wouldn't even wash my hair. Yeah, you know, I, like, I know. Yuck, and you put your head and all that all night long. I don't know. It just grosses oh. me out now to think like that. But that was our life and I do uh, really, I'm just grateful that everyone's so aware and that we're all getting ourselves um, more protected. We're staying more protected with 
covering our hair, covering our face. And even I see some really cool lab coats that are like covering people's necks. It's so like uh, twice as nice uniforms. This Deborah yes. has made such a neat lab coat. It's like, it's stylish. I don't know. I really, when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's so cool. She's doing some How really amazing. fantastic yeah. things with her brand. She has like a, another PPE jacket that is lined with, forgive me, I don't know 100% off the top of my head, but it protects you from radiation, like from scatter. So it's like a oh wow radiation protective lab coat. So I was like, that is so That is cool. amazing. But think how hot you might be. <laughs> I know, but I, you know, for, I know, especially for RDTPs who utilize nomads or any portable, yeah. you know, I feel like that would be to open really those great. contacts when you're portable, like you're not keeping yourself parallel and you're most likely radiating your hand. And there's even radiation gloves out there for PPE. So I feel like if you're utilizing some of these tools, even in private practice, Please yeah. be sure to use appropriate PPE because scatter radiation is real. And if you're really close or if you are radiating your hand, I mean, that radiation stays with you in your bones. And cancer is on the rise for dental profession professionals, especially ovarian cancer for women. So I just say stay protected. It's like radiation is real. And that's one thing like aerosols that we just have to educate ourselves on. We have to advocate for. And there's new emerging Absolutely. PPE that will protect you. So please invest in yourself and bug your doctors to invest in you too. Yeah, I think that's expense, one of You know, heard of that. So I am so excited. That is like amazing. I could totally see that as a way of the future, you know? And um, I've also seen like stickers to help eliminate radiation, like Ooh. even from your phone, you like put these little stickers. I don't know if you've seen them before, but there's these little tiny stickers that help to eliminate radiation around you. And I even thought like, Ooh, I should put one of those stickers on <laughs> there me you when go. I got work. And so now I never, I never knew that, you know, that these lab coats existed. This is really exciting. And I was going to mention that I have been working with the seamstress to actually make um, some like PPE, like, um, smocks, you know, because that's the, that's the way ideally now that we need to be, we need to be covered yes. from our knees. And so even like the lab coats that we used to wear all the time, we're actually not supposed to be wearing those anymore. We're supposed to wear something that covers all the way to your knee. I mean, unless the net lab coats right down. Your well, hers knees, do which, actually uh, twice as nice uniforms. I noticed hers are really long, which is really nice because it's true. Yeah. Like you oh, just great. need to be so much more covered than ever before. And everything that we usually, everything that we used to do, most likely we're not doing anymore, you know? And if your doctor is yeah, still throw trying it out to make the you wear short lab coats or reuse just a level three or et cetera, et cetera. Like, I know it's so challenging and it's so hard and it's your job, but I don't know. Your life is worth it. Your health is worth it. You are worth it. So, yeah. Yes. And I think that it's, it's very interesting because I remember in the very beginning, people were joking around about sterilizing their masks. And like, there was all these different pictures of people like, haha, you know, like this is going to be the future. And then like reality is, you know, we ran out of masks in the hospitals and the poor nurses were using the same level. I mean, the same mask for multiple patients the entire day. They got one mask and it's like, wow, like 
this was going to be the truth. You know, people were going to have to re-sterilize their mask. And I donated a ton of my masks to um, the local hospital because I was, I felt bad for these nurses. I couldn't believe that they were using one mask the entire day oh. dealing with COVID positive patients. Well, I think that's you know? a whole so, nother issue because I was, you know, because in the thick of it, there were a lot of nurses getting on Instagram live or doing like, you know, YouTubes and, and video posts, you know, and it would bring me to tears when I would listen to them. And it's the truth. There is no way that even dental hygienists, we would practice right now without fully, you know, trying to, our best to protect ourselves, especially with a mask. Yes. And we're, we're with patients who most likely don't have COVID, but we do treat everyone as if they do. That's just standard of care. But nurses who are actually around Absolutely. COVID positive, how terrifying and what this one nurse I remember vividly saying was how the, they would have to, what is it, like de-escalize de the aerosol status and the COVID status so they could get away with making the nurses reuse different uh, PPE and different masks. And so I just thought, like, that's super unethical. Like, just because there's a shortage, you're going yeah, to classify this unethical. whole virus because you want, because you don't have enough PPE, so you're reclassifying. It just was like, no, the virus is what it is. That virus has to stay classified as that. And there is a PPE shortage and that's a whole separate issue. But I just thought that was just crazy. I mean, just, I don't know. As a healthcare professional who yeah. really prides herself on ethics, it really bothers me when you see other people who are obviously bright and intelligent and know that this virus is all about, you know, moving in the air and is in aerosols and these people were aware of it and they were just so besides themselves that their hospital didn't have their back and was reclassifying this virus just to get away with letting the nurses rewear PPE and masks. And it was, it's just sad. And yeah, it's, it's so crazy with this virus and what it's done to this world. And we are really in need of PPE, everyone, especially in healthcare still. And I definitely don't see it. It's not going to stop right now because I feel like everyone's still thinking about, you know, winter now, you know, what is that going to look like come winter with this virus? Um, mm -hmm. With the flu season. Exactly. And so, and then just everything yeah, else I heard, season, also, like in California, we're really worried about yeah, hepatitis on the rise and AIDS on the rise. And so that just also is a whole nother ball game with PPE. Um, you need PPE when you work with those type of, patients also so um it is it's definitely scary and now with not being able to get a hold I find like the gloves that I love and I always wear I cannot get my hands on these darn gloves for the life of me and that's really been frustrating um but uh, yeah I'm like trying to stock up but it's just really really hard and I definitely think that we're gonna need to at least have a little stockpile I know like we don't need a huge stockpile, but at least something to main, just to maintain. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, I found that too. I had to. And yeah, I think that for any um, RDHP, you just need to order all of your supplies ahead of time. So, like you know, you just have to because it's a it's a long wait period right now, and. Um, you know, it is what it is, it's a sign of the times. But I do think that it's also interesting because the one place that you do not need to wear your mask 
is in the dental office. Like I tell patients all the time, they come in with their mask and I'm like, okay, time to take off your mask. And they're like, yeah, I was wondering how you were going to do this. And I'm like, well, I'm not a magician. So (laughs) it's time to take that off. So it's like, but it's very interesting because you have to be very fully protected, but the patient's going to take off their mask. So it's a, it's a really interesting thing to be in dentistry right now, but I feel like everybody has, I wasn't around when the AIDS, you know, had come out and nobody knew how people were getting AIDS. And, and then that's when Mm -hmm. dentistry actually moved on to wearing gloves before that they didn't even wear gloves or masks. And so um, I just feel like this is one of those times, one of those turns in dentistry where we've changed everything that we know because something new has has come. And so, you know, there's going to be this whole next revolution, hopefully never, but, you know, I'm sure there will be in like 10, 20 years, some different type of virus or something is going to spread again and we're going to have to do this all over again. And we're, I've seen a lot of people in like yeah. these little like moon like it looks like a moon yeah. hat, like a different, you know, where there's like oxygen in there and like an AC and you wear it the whole day. And I'm really interested in listening to someone, their perspective of how, how your neck feels at the end of the day, what it feels like yeah. wearing it, you know, like I have so many questions because I know. that's something like, I mean, I think that's the it. next when level is basically putting us in like body, a, a spacesuit. But they're like the, they're like the um, gowns, disposable gowns, yeah. but it's a full one. It covers your, like the only thing showing is your head. Yeah. So, or not even your head, just your face. Oh, <laughs> um, Yeah. Like the paint, oh, when you go body, to paint, like, you know, at home people, I think they have those. You like I put them in and zip them up and they're full body. different yep. feelings going through and just like trying to think about my patients and my safety and just feeling comfortable also with seeing my patients. And there was just so many levels, right? I mean, I'm sure you felt it too. There's just so many emotions and feelings when you're working with people and you're doing what we do because yeah we're around so much more than just when you take a walk, you know, walk around the block in the dental setting. I've noticed in every office there's been windows, but they never open and we never open our windows. So there's never like anything coming and going. And, um, unless you have like a newer office with newer air systems and stuff like that, that air just pretty much stays. And with aerosols, but anytime we're using ultrasonic or polishing or a dentist is using the drill, stuff is aerosolizing. And, um, I just think that, yeah, PPE is really our only thing that we have to protect us in our settings. And what we do is so different than anyone else and staying protected and staying safe is paramount because God knows, like, it's just a bummer. Like for me, I hate having a sore throat, right. And the flu and just being sick in general. But if you get, um, you know, different viruses, like COVID, they always say like, you don't really know how your body's going to react. Granted, again, it's, this is really hitting the populations harder who have pre-existing conditions and, you know, usually facility bound patients. But for us, that's really who we've been treating this whole time. So mm-hmm. I think us being, taking extra precautions and taking it very seriously is really what's allowed us yeah. to continue to provide the care to these patients. And um, like right now, like I don't think at least with the RDTPs I know and what I've been reading so far, so good on, you know, everyone that's been able to return to practice or return to help their patients. Everyone's been staying healthy and that's huge. Mm 
Yeah, that's really huge and super important. And that's all that matters right now. I think everybody's taking their health very serious. And, um, you know, also just there's a lot of been a lot of self-care. I mean, even for me, when I was at home, stuck at home, I was like, you know, making sure I had all my vitamins and getting extra sleep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's like the awareness in general of, you know, your health is wealth. And making sure that, you know, you're prioritized that because right now really nobody wants to be sick and, and yeah. nobody wants, you know, family member to, you know, pass away from this, you know, and, and it's really, and it's happening left and right. Oh, like my, my so sorry. husband's grandfather passed away of, from COVID and yes. And he was in a facility, well, he was in a facility. So, and you know, he was 93. So he was like you know, the target that's COVID's really getting the, the patients that are in a facility that are elderly, that have, you know, comorbidities that that just, there's a lot of factors that didn't go in his favor. So it was really sad. But but for some reason it made me feel like this when I went to see one of my patients earlier this week, I want to say like on Tuesday, like, I don't know, like when you go into this, when I go into this home, these my patients are usually in their, you know, in their room. That's their dedicated room. The gentleman across the hall, I always saw him. He always had a huge smile. He'd always say hi to me. And yes, these are memory care patients, but you just so get used to their faces and, you know, you get used to these people. And I went in on Tuesday and he died. And he was, the people were there to like carry him out, mm-hmm. his body. And it just was so real. And it was like, even though he wasn't my patient, it, I just burst out in tears because it was just like, mm. I don't know. It was, it was like, I knew that gentleman for a year or whatever, just through seeing him and conversing with him because I see this patient fairly regularly. And, um, it was just a shock and I was just blown away. And I think as RDHAPs, we deal with death and we, we see this, you know, but you know, seeing the whole stretcher and the dead body and all of that was not yes. something I'd seen before in like as an RDHP. And I just felt like it's something to where maybe like it's a whole nother topic, but it's something we can talk yeah. about because it is something that happens to all of us, but also it happens a lot to the RDHP because of the, the services we provide yeah. to these type of patients. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I know exactly how you feel. Last year, I had a long-term hospice care patient, and she was somebody I saw very regularly as well because, you know, nobody was brushing and flossing her teeth. And when she passed away, I felt so emotional because it was like, oh, my gosh, like, I have been, like, I've seen her so regularly. And it was just, it's really, really, it's one of those things that we have to deal with unfortunately more often than the regular person because we're dealing with this vulnerable population and it's something that we have to be strong about and and I know exactly how you feel I still text Mm -hmm. the family because it was one of those things where I felt like I became very very close to them and um it's really sad it's it makes you cherish your own life so much more and you're just so much more appreciative I feel like after you see something like that and, and it really, it does. I honestly seeing like anybody in a body bag is just, 
it was just you know what I you mean? know especially so when you're I, not I'm sorry that you have to go then, through that I yeah totally it was, know that it just was something that I never actually thought super about hard much. and then to have it happen mm-hmm. and then to feel the feelings of it I felt like oh my god this is something so real and something that we probably all of us will go through at some point in our careers or visit it multiple times Mm -hmm. and it's just something I feel like we probably need to address like you know like maybe different coping mechanisms or just talking about it I felt like in school we never talked about Mm -hmm. death at all but we really deal with a population where death is a part of it so pronouncedly so I feel that yeah it's definitely something that I think we need to like delve into a little deeper because it is something so real and so jarring Mm mm-hmm Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think that we definitely will keep it on an episode and we'll talk about dealing with it because I think that is a very great topic. I think that, you know, we, and we're, like I said, living in a pandemic, we are seeing, you know, so many people actually not only get sick, but die. And it's, it's just a real sad reality, but Mm -hmm. we have to prepare ourselves and we have to know that this is something that we're going to have to deal with forever. And you know, and our goal is to, you know, I always tell people, oh, I want to keep your teeth till you're a hundred, you know, when yeah. you're young. And now I'm also seeing the other end of it where I'm like dealing with patients and they're almost close to a hundred. And so, you know, we, we have to, as healthcare professionals, we have to be prepared for this and, and know that, you know, and also just give us so, so much support and love at the end. Cause there are a lot of lonely elderly individuals out yeah, there. Yeah, I it's definitely really sad. That's what that also is, made me feel that so is a bad big thing that I'm said, just not okay well, with, with as well. All, most of these facilities, you cannot go in, right? Unless you're healthcare professionals. So they haven't had their families around them for X amount of months. And I was like, this guy died alone. Is it? Yeah. You know, and that was just mm-hmm. something to me that was just so sad to not be around anyone that loved you, mm-hmm. you know, to be in a different home that wasn't your own. I don't know. That just really even still hurts just talking about that because these people are human beings, you know, and I just feel like, I don't know. It's just sad, you know? Yeah. So I do think that, oh, um, yeah, these people really are yeah. left, you know, and I think we oh, see that, 100%. the reality of it. We really see um, how these people don't have anyone. So we really do get connected to these patients and we do become like family to them and we do develop a really close bond and like love these people and just try our best to help them in every which way we can, not just, you know, orally or dental with our dental hygiene therapies. Um, But outside, you know, like we really are a lot of their only sources for conversation sometimes, um, you know, and to really help them with their diets and medications because I know I inquire about all of that Absolutely. and I for them when I'm in the home. I talk to, you know, the nurses and the nurse station, etc. So yeah, I definitely think it's something as RDHAPs that we need to like really just talk about and try to advocate um, for more just education around this whole, you know, death and um, yeah. I, yeah. And like but you know, and I think you're right with COVID now. I and how to cope and deal, and really left I think a lot that, of yeah, that's huge. And especially these people in homes are really, really vulnerable. And we will be just seeing a lot more of that, you know, as RDHAPs for sure, and in general with COVID. So, um, 
but you know, going back to the whole basis of our podcast, I am just Absolutely. so happy that you are, you know, and I know you're going to test today, but I'm happy that <laughs> you've been really healthy and happy. And it sounds like everyone else in your office got yes. results or negative results. Yes, everybody else tested negative. So we were all, everybody's, we're great. We're doing okay. And, you know, that was important. But I just think that, you know, making sure our PPE and being solid in the office is going to be huge from now until forever. Because we got a little bit lax and then, boom, somebody tested positive. Somebody else tested positive. So it was, like, really insane because then it was, like, all of us could possibly have it. And so... I think that, you know, just we learn from our mistakes and we learn from the past and we just have to be solid and all of our protocol needs to yeah. be, hey, we all need to wear our mask 100% of the time and there can't be commingling like yeah. before COVID, you know, there really can't, like you can't just hang out and eat chips and salsa so together. So has there the been any talk about that's how this virus is spreading and spreading PPE quickly. So any changes in your PPE? Well, as of right now, we haven't gone back. And once we go back, I'm sure they're going to make some type of new protocol. But um, the one thing that they did say is that now on the clock, we're going to be checked randomly. Okay. Every two weeks. Yeah. So I think that, I don't know. It's just interesting. Oh, uh, it was this car. You know, I think every office, the more people start testing positive in these office settings, I think the more we'll start seeing different techniques or protocols and it's just going to be interesting to hear everyone's different protocols and different PPE. Cause I think for the most part, everyone is wearing either an N95. There's some people I still see wearing a level three with the face face shield. And I think face shields are standard. I feel like hair mm -hmm. or like the hair cover yeah, are, are standard, standard now. For the most part, it's like 90%. Mm -hmm. And then definitely the, the disposable gowns now, which is great. And then, um, I don't know, is your, what do you guys do for your shoes and for your um, uniforms? Do you leave it there after work or do you launder your own? No, I launder my own. So I don't wear little booties, but I am, I'm going to use those for my RDHAP practice now because I think those would really be great. Um, but we just, I basically take off my shoes the minute I get home and then I throw my scrubs into the okay. washing machine. So I definitely a hundred percent am like, got yeah, to like, these this is not coming home in the <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, I just was curious cause I do see a lot of talk about people going to work and changing at work and then now their bosses want to launder their clothes. And then I don't know, that's, I've heard different stories on how the laundering goes um and then the shoes yeah a lot of people are so different but I just you know I was like I want to wash my own stuff to make sure yeah. that it's you know the best <laughs> washed and I wash all my scrubs separate from my family's clothes just because I don't want those germs cross-contaminating yeah no that's so. good well I'm glad and I leave all my and shoes outside like, you know the PPE that you have you know for both of the practices for private setting and then also for your RDHP like you're 
you're pretty good then with all your PPE. I mean, I don't, unless you're missing something, right? Thinking that's pretty covers it all, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. We think we're at least for now. Totally 100% because we know covered. it was right because it is yeah. evolving. They might change I have it. Seen one of those masks that you're talking yep. about though, just yesterday with the oxygen, but supposedly this one didn't yes. have the fan in it because I don't know for whatever reason it said it didn't need to have a fan. But I'm seeing so many different masks emerging with oxygen and with these filters, and so I don't know what that's going to look like in for us in our setting, but it is going to be pretty wild. It will be super wild. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. I'm super excited. We're just trucking along. Let us know what other episodes you want to hear. And we are super excited to keep, you know, you guys listening and involved as much as possible. Thanks, guys, for listening. Stay smiling.